a few months ago, we got a call to the Harvard podcast that famed therapist and media personality Dr. Ruth Westheimer, known to many simply as Dr. Ruth, was going to be at Harvard, and might we want to interview her? What follows is that conversation, which we had held to be released on today, Valentine's Day. This is me, Dr. Ruth, in our evolving, dare I say, friendship. Let's just jump in. My, my new friend, Dr. Ruth. Oh, be very careful. When you young people are talking about friendships, because you are talking about, you know, how many friends you have on the internet, I say a note of warning, yes. even at Harvard, even to you. Friendships have to be earned. So I would never say that on my Twitter, I have 87,540 friends. I say I have 87,000 87, or whatever it is. Um, people who from time to time look at the Twitter, which is perfectly all right, and I like it. But very careful, that word friend these days has been kind of devaluate. And I'm very worried about that. I'm worried about, um, it has something to do with this interpersonal relationship that I'm also worried about. Because you young people will lose, not you personally, but you young people will lose the art of conversation. And some things is getting lost. Now, I'm not against any of the podcasts and any of the other things, because it would be stupid to be against all of you. You're you're on one right now. I know that. However, I'm concerned. I walk into a restaurant, I see a family around a table, and they don't talk to each other. That each one is looking at the phone as if every moment uh, the earth could explode. Now it's true, there are very sad ha- things happening, but um, it's, it's, it's very worrisome. On the other hand, I know that on long car rides, uh, it's wonderful that children have something to do and don't have to constantly say, are we there yet? That's sort of at the heart of your life's work, interpersonal relationships and improving them. And, you know, at the heart, this is an education podcast. You are an educator in the mainstream of so many issues, obviously, most notably uh, sex ed. Um, How have you always been interested in interpersonal relationships as it relates to that field of sex ed? I feel like you must be very good at interpersonal relationships if you're going to have discussions about sex. Right. So, uh, first of all, I do consider myself an educator. I am a psychosexual therapist, and they very often emphasize that because, after all, everybody's interested in sex. And I put on, I don't just say sex therapist, I say psychosexual therapist because it has to use the psychology. But basically, I'm really an educator, and that's also how I started at Planned Parenthood. Uh, I ran a project, and it was uh, published, and it became my doctoral dissertation at Teachers College, at the, where I'm now teaching after having taught um, five years at Yale and Princeton. From time to time, I get to Harvard. Not so often because you are too far away from New York. However, um, so I'm basically, it just happens that my topic and the content of my professional endeavor has been 
sexual, sexuality education. And, um, and then I became also a sex therapist because I realized that I didn't uh, know enough. So I went to uh, Cornell University's Medical Center in New York and I worked there for, I was trained for two years by Dr. Helen Singer Kaplan. She was a famous sex therapist. And then I stayed five more years, once a week, to train others. So I, I really belong to an environment like yours here in terms of education. I mean, you truly have the academic chops, and I don't think as many people probably know that about you. There are so many, so many doctors on TV that don't have the degrees from Columbia and haven't been trained at uh, other great schools. I, I want to tell you, Matt, I want to tell you something. Sure. I don't talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> With you, I'll talk about myself yeah. and Harvard. Fantastic, fantastic. So a little bit about, did you but ever... I, but, but there's something interesting in what you said. I did the radio on NBC Radio, WYNY, 10 years. You are too young, but I did it from 1980, 1 to 91, every Sunday night, and uh, two hours. It was called Sexually Speaking, and I answered questions uh, for the entire country and Canada. And um, what, what, what is very interesting is, because my academic background, I'm Professor Westheimer. But on radio, when I started and I said, I'm Dr. Ruth Westheimer, they couldn't say Westheimer. Too long a name. So somebody once called and said, Dr. Ruth. And I said, okay, that's not a bad idea. It's my first name. In the meantime, lots of those people on television and in the media only use their first name. I was the first one. That's right. There's Judge Judy and Dr. Phil. You Whatever. were the first. I was the first. Wow. Breakthroughs on but this I'm podcast. But I'm willing to share all that. As long as people use it in the philosophy and with a respect that I would like people to talk about issues of sexuality. Let me give you an example. Very early on, I talked about AIDS. And before, before nobody me not either, knew really what it was. And I said, how careful one has to be. And I've always been old-fashioned and a square. So I particularly talked about, in those years, about using contraceptive, using a condom. And um, it's very interesting because the whole issue of uh, homosexuality, even then I got lots of questions. And I used to say, and I'm still saying that, that even today, now we are 2017. We still do not know the etiology, the reason for homosexuality. Uh, plenty of studies, but we do not know. Even in those days when people even didn't talk about gays or, or gay rights or gay marriage, I already said, we don't know. The one thing I do know, and the same is true today, that respect, everybody has to have respect and obtain respect and deserve respect. And respect is not debatable. 
that's where I keep that discussion. Oh, I love that. Respect is not debatable. That's words that live truer today than ever before. You know, it's one thing to go to school and to get all these degrees and to have the ideas live in the academy, but your work has had such mainstream appeal. Did you ever sort of telescope out this plan to have all of this research and all of your interests turn into this sort of you are the person to talk to. You are the answer of all these questions in all sorts of medium, whether it be TV or radio. Is this planned? Or, or 37 books. 37 books, too, which we're going to get to. The books The Doctor is in or Leopold or even books which we'll talk to later about your son. So, uh, very good question, Ma. Never in my wildest dreams. And there's a nice anecdote that I'll tell you. When I came to this country and got my doctorate at Teachers College, where I'm now teaching for the last three years, um, they said, you have to take speech lessons to lose your accent. In those days, I made one dollar an hour. I was a single mother supporting a little girl. I then remarried and have, uh, the girl got adopted and my son is for my late husband. I said, I, had, I made a dollar an hour speech lessons. I had, it, certainly wasn't on my, in my budget. Guess what? There is a play about me, and it's called Becoming Dr. Ruth. And Deborah Jo Rapp, she played the mother in the 70s show. She's a wonderful actress. She had to take a speech coach to learn my accent. Hmm. I love that story. And I'm sure the speech coach uh, probably... Um, charge more than one dollar an hour. I definitely, I never asked her how much. <laughs> so you're a teacher, you're a professor at Teachers College right now, which I think is fantastic that, um, you know, that you're, you're an alum there and now you're teaching there and you're, and you're doing so much here in Boston for the Forbes 30 Under 30. Um, what is it that you have to say now that's different than what you've been saying over the sort of decades in this career? You, the course that you're teaching at Teachers College, and also the book is called The Doctor is in, Dr. Ruth on Love, Life, and Joie de Vivre. You say it very nicely, Joie de Vivre. Say it again. Joie de Vivre. No, Thank you. Joie de Vivre. Okay. You say the R. Uh, one for two is not bad. <laughs> not bad. So, um, I would say, basically, my philosophy has not changed. Um, I'm interested... Um, particularly here, I'm at the Harvard School of Education, and I told you I do look at myself as a, an educator. I also have become, which I never predicted, like a public figure, so I'm also interested in different ages. I did a book called Sex Over 50, because there is data, and there, is, uh, there are studies, and there is knowledge that has to be taught about issues that older people have to know. For young people, I'm here at Harvard and at the School of Education, the most important thing is that I do believe in the importance of relationships. I do not believe in hooking up. I don't believe in one-night stands. I think we are going to have a big problem again with sexually transmitted diseases, not only for older people, that's also true, but for young people. Because people get drunk, they have sex, they don't even know with whom, and uh, we, have, we have big problems in that respect. So while I believe that everybody has to be sexually literate, you have to know how to bring your partner to sexual satisfaction, 
the most important question these days that I hear in terms of sex is boredom in the bedroom. So we have to teach, and you Harvard people have to help. We have to teach to make sure that, first of all, the importance of the relationship between the two, and the two can be two men, two women, or uh, heterosexual, it doesn't matter, but also to be sure uh, that uh, that relationship is constantly nourished and that the, in terms of the bedroom, that the activity of sex doesn't become boring. That's uh, one of the things that I hear these days the most. One is not enough time. The other one is uh, boredom. Yeah. And I'm looking at this, uh, you know, you talk about appealing to different groups and talking and writing a book about sex over 50. And now I'm looking at a children's book with a turtle named Leopold. What is the message of that book? Is it around respect? Because this is geared towards children. Your, your baby is a little bit too, too young, yeah. but this is for children three to six. And within the next uh, couple of weeks, I'm coming out with a book, a graphic novel. Wow. See, I know what children read. A graphic novel about my life and so on the left it's stories for my life uh, without color because in those days they didn't have color yet in print but and on the right side it's stories of now that I'm going with two grandchildren to an amusement park and you know there is one ride that you have to be measured uh, in order to be able to get on that ride and it's a true story on one of those, in one of those amusement parks, my grandchildren could get on the ride and I was too short. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Leopold, I have a philosophy of life and that philosophy has to do with turtles. A turtle, if it stays in one place, very safe. Nothing can happen to that turtle. It carries its home on its back. If that turtle wants to move, it has to take a risk. It has to stick its neck out. It could get hurt, but it doesn't move any place without sticking its neck out. So I'm telling a story. I'm the grandmother. My grandson is supposed to play soccer. He's scared. I say, you have to try it. His team wins. So, and then there's a story about a turtle who was shy. And the other day, a little five-year-old said, whoop, I get it. I am shy and I have to stick my neck out. So my uh, stories always have some kind of a moral uh, to it without being uh, boring, but that's why I did the children's book. Yeah, I like that book. And speaking of books, your son is a, is a very uh, well-known academic and a, and a researcher. Say that again. Your son is a very well-known academic and researcher, <laughs> and that's coming from a person at Harvard. <laughs> Uh, tell us a little bit about the books and, and the work that he's done on, on yeah. citizenship and how proud you are as, as a mother of his I, work. So my, I have a son and a daughter. My daughter also has a doctorate from Teachers College in education. And she's the head of a not-for-profit organization called Home Instruction Program for Preschool Youngsters. And Hillary Clinton was on the board. I was on the board. I'm now an honorary board member, so is she, that teaches mothers to work with their children before kindergarten. And then the mother says, if I can be a teacher of my child, underprivileged uh, mothers, then maybe I should go and get my high school diploma. 
So it's a very important project. My son, Joel Westheimer, is a professor at the University of Ottawa. He has his doctorate from that other school, Stanford. And he wrote a book that um, very important these days. The book's title is What Kind of Citizen? And I'm going to show it right now. Guess what? Harvard people, you are wonderful. I got here. I didn't know that I would do the podcast. I had my books because I brought it for the conference that I'm at at uh, Renaissance Weekend this week. And But I didn't bring Joel's. And guess what? Within five minutes, Tracy from Harvard got me the book. And the book is called What Kind of Citizen? Educating Our Children for the Common Good, which is very important these days. Teachers College Press, I know you have a press here too. It doesn't matter if it's Harvard Press or Teachers College Press, but I'm very D happy. Dare I that say we we're all friends? Show a picture. I'm going to get brownie points from that son of mine, the father of two of my grandchildren. My daughter Miriam has also two, two children. I want to tell you something sure. very important yes. for, for you here at Harvard. Yeah. When I talk about my grandchildren, I was an orphan at the age of 10. Mm. I came out of Nazi Germany mm. and with a kinder transport, and I was in Switzerland, otherwise I would not be alive because one million and a half Jewish children were killed. So when I talk about that, and when I look at my life, and then when I look at my children, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, Barbara is also a professor uh, at the University of, um, professor of English literature at the University uh, of Carlton in Ottawa. And um, when I look at my, my children, and then particularly at my grandchildren, I can tell you, that Hitler lost and I won. Hmm. So. I, wow, that's such a beautiful way of looking at it and 100% and true. And, and you're going to show a picture of my son's book. We're going to get everything And up I'm there. going to get brownie points. We're going to do everything. <laughs> we're, once we get that book, we're going to take a picture of you and yeah. we're going to tweet it out, maybe even put it on our Twitter account, which has over 120,000 followers. You have more than me. I have uh, 87,580. And you have 120? Over 120. We, I have to get those. But we're, we're, so what's the difference? But, I have to get those. But I'm you, very competitive. I know you think you're old, but Harvard's older. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We've had many years to get those numbers up. Last question, Dr. Ruth, and thanks for being on this podcast. You got this message the night before, and you were up for it, and you're just a joy. Um, before we jumped on the podcast, I was walking around Harvard Square with you, and people were going, Dr. Ruth, Dr. Ruth. My, my guess is that people recognize you all the time and probably ask you some interesting questions. What have, what have been some good ones of recent? Mm -hmm. So first of all, true that lots of people do know me. However, there is also an age that does not know me because the radio program was from 81 to 91. Afterwards, I did 450 television shows, and uh, they started on cable. Many places didn't have cable in the beginning when Lifetime started. So there is an age that does not know me, but we are changing that as we speak. There is a new television show in the works. Even so, I'm going to be 90 years old, June 4th of next year. And guess what? Right now, 
they are doing a documentary about me, which will be ready for my birthday. And so I hope that um, some of the people who do not know me uh, will get to know and will hear that message about the importance. Now, the questions that I'm being asked, even these days, when I give a lecture, when I meet somebody, the questions really have not changed. What has changed is the vocabulary. Nobody says about a woman uh, pregnant uh, that's, that she's with child. They say she's pregnant. Because of people like me, I'm not the only one, people these days use a vocabulary that is more precise. They talk about orgasm, they talk about erection, they talk about lubrication, they talk about vibrators, and I welcome that as long as it's done with that proper respect that I believe this topic needs. These days, very important to have sex education in every school, at every synagogue, at every church, because what has happened is girls now menstruate at an earlier and earlier age. We don't know, we don't have the answer yet why, but we do know that that's a fact. I don't want any girl to find blood in her panties in school and getting scared because she doesn't know what it is. Also, we have to teach about nocturnal emission, about wet dreams, because people have to know about that. Did you say nocturnal emission? Nocturnal emission, wet dreams, because there were mothers, and there still are, who have never heard about that. Then they scream at their 14-year-old son, what's the matter with you? How come you urinate in bed? Why don't you go to the bathroom? He didn't urinate. He had a wet dream. She didn't know about that. So a lot has to do with a proper education. And never, I in my classroom, I never ask personal questions. If you want to ask a personal question, you have to take me to a corner and say, I have a question. Otherwise, I want you to say, a friend of mine has a question. And in the Talmud, in the Jewish tradition, it says that a lesson taught with humor is a lesson retained. So I, I don't tell jokes. I couldn't tell you a joke, even if I wanted to. I don't remember them. However, I can hear some humor in your questions and use that and know that you are going to remember what I have talked about. How fascinating. And in a, a career built on answering so many people's personal questions in such a public space. Well done. And Thank you. Uh, a message of respect. All of this great work. Once that you're done listening to this podcast, go out and buy The Doctor Is In, Dr. Ruth on Love, Life, and... Joie de Vivre. And by Leopold. Check out this movie coming up. All the good work. And of course, most importantly, <laughs> buy the book, What Kind of Citizen? Educating Our Children for the Common Good by... Joel Westheimer. Very good. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. You're here with the original Dr. Ruth. Thank you for being on the show. Too. Matt. Non Dr. Matt. <laughs> Do me a favor. Sure. You send this podcast to Joel. I'll send it to your son. <laughs> <laughs>